0: Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Sevi Petras. He's the CEO and co-founder at Priority Life Care. Sevi, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So, Sevi, tell me a little bit about yourself.
0: Sure. So, you know, Priority Life Care, we are a family owned and operated third party management company. Mm-hmm. My brother, my sister-in-law and my mom and one of my best friends started the company back in 2008, literally sitting at my mom's um dining room table. And oh, no way. Really over like Thanksgiving dinner. So we're <laughs> just about coming on Thanksgiving. We're like, you know, so it's like a good it's a good um nostalgic time for my family. Yeah,
1: timely. That's fantastic. So it sounds like, you know, family founded. Tell me a little bit more kind of about what Priority Health Life Care does.
0: Sure. So we primarily third-party manage for institutional investors who have either acquired own um, assisted living, memory care, independent living um, communities throughout the United States. Okay. So typically, you know whether it's a REIT or it's a family office um, mm-hmm. who is more interested in owning the real estate, but we handle everything from every HR function which we call our corporate sole office, you mm-hmm. know all the way down to the day to day management, the the hiring, the mentoring, and then also um, providing those monthly financials and um, detailed you know reports that are required for 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 main operations.
1: Wow. So it sounds like it's pretty much like an all encompassing kind of company that is an extension of, you know, either family offices or, you know, or whatnot.
0: Correct. Yeah. And, you know, and a lot of what we're also doing. So we manage existing communities. We work mm-hmm. on a lot of turnarounds, like, especially coming out of the pandemic where census was really lagging or expenses has got had gotten out of control. So we get brought in a lot of times on communities that um, need to have either adding like some memory care. If it was just existing assisted living, perhaps it was an unlicensed community that makes sense for it to be licensed so it can access some other, um, different types of programming. Or we also um, do development. So we have a development arm. So we also do, you know, from ground up, helping with figuring out the best layout architectural designs, you know, taking it all the way through the lease up and operations part.
1: Oh, wow. That's so interesting. So what would you say one of the biggest challenges is for, you know, these engagements...
0: Mhm. So I think that the biggest challenge as a, you know, being hired to to run someone's investment mm-hmm. is making sure that there is alignment between the plan to execute for success. Mm-hmm. So if part of our plan is saying, you know, looking at each individual community and understanding, you know, where the end goal is mm-hmm. is understanding Um, Okay, if if we need to increase census or we need to increase the price point uh, per individual, um, what does the community look like? How is it placed throughout an individual market? Mm -hmm. And then what is the capital? If we say, hey, we need to add memory care because we're losing people from an acuity perspective. Mm -hmm. And we say to the owner, um, you know, our evaluation to add the memory care to your existing community to execute, to get to this, you know, valuation is going to cost X amount of dollars. If we're not given the dollars, then it's hard for us to actually execute. So making sure that we have alignment and agreement between us as the operations arm and the, you know, investment arm, making sure that those two are in alignment so that we will, we can deliver if, you know, we're given the tools to deliver.
1: Yeah. And I'm imagine that's can be hard to navigate with some personalities and some like, you know, if you're being pulled in, it sounds like there may be, you know, an existing issue or something like that. So having to navigate that and being explicit about what the intentions are, I I hear that absolutely can be a challenge.
0: It's helpful when you have repeat business. So like once you've already worked with somebody and they can rely on you and you can rely on them, it's different. I think it's those new relationships, right? It's, mm. it's all the honeymoon phase until like <laughs> some bumps come along the road. And, and I think that's really in any relationship, whether it is an employment relationship or, you know, you're hired as their client. The communication is the most important aspect of, of being able to say nothing's ever going to go a hundred percent as planned, right? Just mm-hmm. isn't how life works. Mm-hmm. So being able to communicate, understand, Hey, we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. You know, if, I'll do my part if you do your part.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what would you say one of, you know, besides this great communication and being an extension of the team, what are some other ways that you would say priority life care stands out from its competition?
0: So I I'd never like to say that we have competition. I, <laughs> I, I believe that in our industry, there is something for everybody. Okay. A, and that to me is whether it is a, a an individual looking for um, a home and services for their loved one or themselves, mm-hmm. or you're an employee looking for a career. Mm-hmm. So I believe that we all have, you know, different cultures and different aspects about our company and our communities mm-hmm. that may work for somebody that don't work for another. I liken it to choosing college. So while you may choose Ohio State because it had the programming and you liked that that large campus atmosphere. Somebody else may have chosen Oberlin College because it was smaller and they had the better programming for them. So part of it is like services offered, right? Mm -hmm. The other aspect of it is going to be, you know, the actual general feel of the, of the environment, right? So people are going to live in these communities and people are going to work all the time in the building. So I think (laughs) having the right fit. Is yeah. just as important as making sure that you can afford it. Cause that's also part of, you know, choosing a college, right? Like what are the, what, what did you get grants? Did you have? money? Is it private pay? You know, all of those things come into into play. And I think that it's very, very similar when somebody is choosing a senior housing community, mm-hmm. whether it's for themselves or for a loved one. And mm-hmm. it really is like that feeling that you get once you're there. And it is the same thing, I think, when it comes to um, individuals looking for careers mm-hmm. in senior housing. So I think that's something that is unique about Priority Life Care Is that we are a family organization. Mm -hmm. Everybody that knows me knows we're huggers. I'm a hugger. (laughs) And that might not work for everybody. You know, we're, we're smaller. Um, you know, but. If somebody has a great idea that works with our community, it's very likely they could bring it to myself or to my brother, who is my business partner, or my mom, you know, or my sister in law, all of us are kind of leaders at the community, you know, up up through the management company. And if somebody at the community level has a great idea, it's very likely they could be giving it to me and me saying, run with it. Yeah. So where that could just be a little bit different where somebody may like something more structured, working for a larger company that's publicly traded and and has different opportunities from that. So I think that it is very individual, you know, whether you're an employee looking for a career or you're um, somebody looking for a home and, yeah. and programming.
1: So it sounds to me like there's a few different kind of. Focuses of priority life care. It sounds like one, you guys can work with like the individuals. Two, you can work with people who are looking for you know potential careers, potential jobs, and then three potential like communities. Am I kind of hearing that right? Correct.
0: So I, I think that there's a, a, a. It depends on a couple of things. Like so, one, like if you're looking for memory care for your loved one, it's going to be based out of a need. And there are many, many amazing operators out there that focus on memory care. It may also be in its standalone memory care. It may also be that there's an existing memory care neighborhood through uh, an independent living or an assisted living community. So there are, I think it depends on the type of programming, but it also depends on your price point. So mm-hmm. I think it's important to understand, you know, what somebody's working with, you know, mm-hmm. because- and saying, hey, how long this, does this need to be sustained? Mm-hmm. So understanding um, from an individual who's looking for housing um, and and also some forms of whether it is medical. So do they need help with, you know, getting dressed every day or mm-hmm. is it just that they can't see very well and, you know, mm-hmm. just getting dining service is important, but they can take care of their own, you know, giving themselves their own medicines um, those are really important when you're selecting your community, and I think they're also important for understanding the costs that's going to be associated with doing it.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's that's so true. And kind of talking about working with loved ones, do you tend to see that kind of this senior living community and, you know, seniors in general as a population tend to be more of an underserved kind of age group and, you know, uh, a need for, you know, more services like priority life care?
0: You know, I think that it is COVID has... I think, made assisted living a bit more on the higher acuity side. So assisted living has become a lot more medically based. So we're getting people um, much later in life with more um, underlying conditions. So requiring uh, a lot of uh, assistance, um, medical assistance. So it's limited what we can do from an assisted living perspective. But I do believe um, that There are more and more coming. Obviously, we do know that the boomers are, you know, quickly coming to that age, but people are waiting later and later. And part of that is because people are living longer. They're living longer, healthier. And we have a lot more. I think we have a lot more resources to help keep people, you know, whether it's in their existing home. But once it's become a little bit too much for family members or individual to, to maintain the house that they've maybe lived in for the last 50 years. Mm -hmm. Um, There are just so many new options now, I think for, for seniors and I think new price points and it's really about giving choices and options. I think that makes, this is a spice of life. That's what we all want, right?
1: Yeah, totally. So you said that, you know, priority life care is family owned, you know, talk to me a little bit about how your family has been able to scale the company over these years.
0: Sure, it's one of the things that people ask the most. one, like how in the world do you work with your brother and your mom and your sister in law uh, and one of my best friends? And honestly, I mean, so we've been at this almost fourteen years now. and um at the beginning of it was really about understanding each one of our um our our leading and our managing dynamics. So figuring out like how to really communicate with one another to be effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that part of our part of our success in scaling over the last almost 14 years has really been understanding our culture mm-hmm. and being able to make sure whether I'm there that the culture is still being passed down at the, at the community level. Like that's the most important piece, right. That, that everybody is feeling that like, we like to call it like, you know, family or Petra's love. Yes. So I think, I think the challenge has been, um, balancing, um, the growth with maintaining the integrity of our programming and our culture. Mm-hmm. And part of that has been, pulling back a little some you know to some degree mm-hmm. some of that also has been um you know saying no to certain relationships that we just didn't think were we're going to be we could be successful with mm-hmm. and i think like that's the true sign of of leadership is sometimes you do have to say no and and it is hard when somebody's coming to you with business to say i just don't think we're going to be able to you know to really execute um, successfully. And, um, so I'm grateful those for those opportunities that we've been able to do it. And I'm equally grateful for the, for the relationships that we've been able to build and, and, and grow upon, but the family aspect of it, I think, um, for me, my brother's my best friend. He is in an amazing operator, um, in and of itself, he's a great leader. And I think that, we've just really found what works for us. And my brother or my sister-in-law may say part of it is that my mom's in Ohio, I'm in Florida and they're in Indiana. So that maybe is part of it is a little bit of the secret sauce is that we're not in everybody's business like Fair every enough. single day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely hear that. I, I come from a large family and we're kind of s- separated too. So I hear that it's definitely, you know, as funny as it is, it's made us grow closer. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, so if you don't mind me asking, how did your family kind of become interested in this space?
0: Sure. So, um, my mom, Deb, has always been in the medical field. She Mm -hmm. is a, um, she worked in insurance. She's worked at doctor's offices. She, um, you know, has his, she's done kind of around the gambit. And then she was working in as a home health marketer and then eventually found her way as an administrator for an assisted living memory care community. I have always been in banking. And my banking career led me eventually to balance sheet lending in the senior housing space. So lending to people like me, operators, yeah. owners, operators. And then my brother, um, he had always been in sports and then found his career in working in a company, a regional cell, co- cell phone company, where his job was to go in and triage uh retail spaces that were not meeting their quotas, so we'd have to hire everybody and train everybody, and then he would take a failing uh, retail location yeah. and make it one of the best. and so his specialty was really hiring, training, mm-hmm. you know, encouraging um and getting people to to know realize their potential and taking things that didn't work and making them successful. my sister in law. Um, had worked as a social worker. She was a licensed social worker. So she really understood and worked with, she worked with seniors as well as with children. So she really understood a lot of the programs as well as, um, you know, social security, Medicaid, Medicare. She understood how to get people um, on those programs, which are really important and very difficult to navigate through. And then my best friend, Jill, who worked with us, she was a brand, she was a global grant brand manager. For TrueServe, which is like the parent company company for true value. Yeah. And um, so she handles all of our branding and all of our like documentation. Yeah. So we really had, when I as a banker was underwriting the credit of companies, I understood what was important for a a strong, successful company and what that team looked like. It's all about mm-hmm. your team. So I when I looked and saw an opportunity in seniors housing to create. Um, what would I would consider be middle market or affordable? Mm-hmm. I looked and said why well, I'm gonna have to have a good strong team right. and so my background was financial. I knew how to run the performas, I knew how to put the business plans together, and then my mom knew how to execute them and operate it. My brother knew how mm-hmm. to train, hire, manage the expense piece of it and my sister in law understood how to um, communicate with set up. Um, engagement as well as programming for the seniors. And then here was my best friend who knew how to create all the marketing materials and all of the like documentation that was going to be necessary. Yeah. So I had this great team. And, um, so it was about finding the right opportunities. And so I worked with a, um, a former client of mine and, um, and, and found started with our first communities in 2010.
1: So I actually have my, my MSW. So your sister-in-law oh. is very near and dear to my heart. Awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So talking about like navigating Medicaid and Medicare, holy cow, that is its own kind of beast. Um, yeah. But it sounds like you had all of the pieces separately to come together to make such a successful team. And they happened to all be family, which makes it even of a stronger bond.
0: It was really great because I had, you know, no capital to pay them either. So everybody had to work for free for a period of time. <laughs> <laughs> only something you could ask your family to do, right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So how have you, you know, how has the family worked to continue to build, you know, I know you talked about your best friend building the brand. Um, Talk to me a little bit more about how you've been able to build brand awareness over the last, you know, dec- more than a decade, right? Mm-hmm. 14 yeah. Years.
0: Yeah. So I, I think part of it has been, it, it was helpful that I had had a successful career in banking, specifically Mm -hmm. in seniors. Mm -hmm. So people knew who I was. And then um, we started to get traction as we came into those communities and successfully turned them around. But we were on the ground floor doing it. Like I'm a licensed administrator. My brother's a licensed administrator. My mom's an administrator. She was our first administrator. My sister-in-law was one of our first marketers. I mean, like we've done every one of those positions. Yeah. Sure. And so when we just, when we built our back office and started to build, you know, our 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 finance team, it was really important to us That everybody in our departments had worked at the community level so that they understood when you're calling and they don't answer the phone, it's not because they don't want to do their job. It's probably because they're sitting with a family member who maybe just lost their loved one. Maybe they're sitting with an employee who's, you know, struggling with. Um, you know, their, their own personal things. So there are all these things that happen at the building level. And while like your title as, you know, as maybe the maintenance director, that doesn't mean that it doesn't include spending time, you know, with a family member or with a, with a resident. So I think that part of our culture really is that everybody that's working at our company, regardless of where they are in the organization has in fact spent time, you know, working at those, in those positions. And I think that it lends some credibility, you know, when we're talking to the people at the building level that we do understand like what they are dealing with on a daily basis. And so I think like, that's probably something that sets our management company and management style aside. Cause even our CFO is a licensed administrator who has run a nursing home and an assisted living community. I mean, like she, Gets it? So when we're yeah. putting, when we're putting our budgets together, when we're putting our performance together for investors, like, we're not just throwing these noodles on the wall, like they dialed really in. are, they're dialed in from individuals who are working in the community level that they have the buy in, they're setting it, I'm not putting it together. I'm not the one who's executing it, right? right. You know, they're executing it, you know, and, and when it comes to the things that, you know, I get asked this a lot, like what's most important for me, you know, a a lot of people, the residents aren't my number one, our employees are my number one, because if, if I take care of our employees, they're going to take care of the residents. I'm not there to take care of them. I, I, I'm not at the building. I, I'm not licensed to pass meds. I, 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 I'm not a nurse. Yeah. Um, but what I can do is I can continue to provide opportunities to our employees so that they have career mobility, so that they have career advancement opportunities if that's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And if we take care of our of our team members who are there at the buildings, mm-hmm. if we take care of those co-workers, they're going to take care of the residents. And that's what I want them to do. I want yeah. them to take care of the residents.
1: Yeah. And it sounds to me like one family, family owned and operated, but also one of the main pieces of the culture of the company is also the fact that the employees, the staff from, from every level also feels like they're a part of the family as well
0: hundred oh, percent. Like I said, like part of our culture is hugging, and yeah. <laughs> that might not be for everybody. A family culture may not be, you know, where they want to work. But, yeah. it, but it really is. It, it truly is. If if I really want everybody that works with us, whether it is at our buildings, whether it's at our management company, whether it's a vendor partnership that we have, I want them to know that they're my number one. Mm-hmm. And if we take care of them and give them opportunity, then. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to me, again, it may not even be at my building. It may not be at my company. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have this thing behind me, senior housing, her stories, which is a podcast I do to help tell stories, origin stories of women who found their careers in senior housing. Yeah. And it's not just the C-suite people. I-, I want the women who work. It's 80 plus percent women work in our buildings. 80 mm-hmm. plus percent women work in senior housing. It's more, yeah. we have more women who live in our buildings than we have men. And mostly because women live longer. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's about showing the opportunities that somebody could have. If you've come to senior housing, you clearly have a desire and a passion to want to do something for seniors. Mm-hmm. This industry provides that no matter where you are along the line. So part of our purpose at priority life care is to support independence. Supporting independence looks different every day. If you are a dishwasher, you are supporting the independence of a resident by giving them a clean plate to eat off of something that they may not have been able to do at their home because they had arthritis and couldn't hold the dishes or they had macular degeneration and they couldn't see it. But eating off of a clean plate provides them the independence to then focus on the other pieces of the things that they can do. Mm -hmm. Somebody who is taking care of the AP, you know, or the AR and our back office Mm-hmm. is making sure that the utilities work that the lights are on that the that the that the water is hot mm-hmm. right so that's the, supporting the 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 independence of our seniors mm-hmm. and and i think that there's so many opportunities within senior housing for for women in particular mm-hmm. to have so many career options that it's helpful for other women to hear those stories to say hey you know what if she could do it i could do it and i want to keep as many people who are passionate About supporting the independence of seniors in our industry, wherever that may be,
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and to inspire people who may be considering too to enter the field.
0: Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, if someone wanted to get involved, you know, as either you know, looking for assistance as an employee, or you know, looking for guidance with the community, how would they begin to work with Priority Glove Life Care?
0: So they can go to our website, which is just www.prioritylc.com. And right there on our website, it can take you to all of the different job postings that we have. Mm-hmm. I think that we're in like 16 different states right now, um, okay. whether it's at an individual community or it's working at our, at our management company level. Um, that would be the easiest probably way is to go on there and look. And then obviously anybody's also always welcome to reach out to me directly. Um, Mm -hmm. you can, you can email me and I'm, I'm always happy to set up times to talk to people who are interested in either getting into seniors or, you know, looking at, you know, direct employment.
1: That's fantastic. So Sevi, if you were to leave our listeners with one piece of information, either about priority life care or, you know, about senior living, something like that, what would you want to leave our listeners with?
0: I would want to, I want, I would love for the listeners to, to dig further into what senior housing is Mm. and that it really is about, it, it is a home these are individuals who are living in their home, right? It is not institutional. These are apartments that Mm -hmm. they're able to live their life to the fullest. And that Mm -hmm. again, goes back to supporting that independence. So Mm -hmm. somebody's day may look better on one than another, but that Mm -hmm. is because there are going to be people who are there who care about Mm -hmm. spending the time to help them have that best day. Mm -hmm. So I think during COVID senior housing got a lot of bad press, Mm -hmm. um, and thrown into kind of, I think like the whole healthcare gambit in general. And there are just so many amazing, um, homes, buildings, apartments, communities that can help somebody go Like in particular, it will allow a parent to be a parent again. It can allow a daughter to be a daughter again. It can allow a wife to be a wife again, Mm -hmm. because the day-to-day difficulties and sometimes caring for a loved one on top of balancing your own families and your own careers can make it very difficult to then go back to being that spouse Mm -hmm. or daughter or son. Mm -hmm. And so senior housing was built with that optionality for people, it is a beautiful option for people and it is just full of people who, who truly care about being there for our seniors and about being there for each other. It's a, it's an amazing career choice for people looking, um, for a, a career with purpose. And there are so many different parts of the industry that you don't need to be a nurse, you know, to, um, or a direct caregiver to impact the lives of a senior. There are all these other options throughout our industry that you can do and and feel good about what you're doing on a daily basis, because not only would you be impacting the lives of the seniors that live there, but you're going to make a difference in the lives of the people that work at those buildings doing that too.
1: Mm-hmm. Well said. Sevi, this has been a great conversation. I love kind of talking about the family-centric approach that you have to, to every aspect of Priority Life Care. Um, and I really appreciate you being on Business Ninjas today.
0: My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io. W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E.io and schedule a time to meet with us, and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.